Quit overthinking alone, overthinking with stuff is better. We're overthinking together. Yep, that was stupid. Let's come up with a whole new intro. Oh, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Testing one two. Hello. Hello one two. Testing. Hello, welcome, thank Tiffany you. Jensen. Oh, thank you. Why do we have tender time voice? It feels right, and it feels good. <laughs> it's never felt so right. And anyway, and that's it. We're done. That's the wrap. It was a good time. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is Overthinking with Steph. I'm your host, Steph Grant, and I am in the studio today with my good friend, Tiffany Jensen. She has been, why did I say it, like a, like a talk show host? Or, <laughs> Welcome. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long have we been friends now? Tell us. Tell us a little. Tell us a little story about we. We have been friends for many, many moons. Uh, we have been friends for thirteen years and been friends in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Steph's let me sleep on her couch while homeless in California and Texas. This so. is true. Yeah. Uh, so Tiff is is one of my very good friends. I know that we've we've gone through a whole lot together. Um, there are times when we don't see each other for a while, but I know we can always get together and. Pick right pick, back up. Pick right back up. Um, let's see. Tiff and I, I've, I've walked into my living room um, to her making tiny balloon animals on my couch completely naked. That has happened. Um, I've chopped your hair off with craft scissors in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I think one time, wasn't there a hatchet involved? There I was. I think there was a wood block and a hatchet. Then we found the scissors. The wood block and the hatchet did not it, work. I didn't trust it myself. It was a good effort, though. It was. Um, she was very desperate to have a haircut in that, right in that moment. She had, you had Hanson hair. You had Hanson hair. Mbop. Mbop. So, um, today, so we're just going to have a conversation here. This is my first podcast and, um, I'm not really sure that it's even recording. I'm also wearing a tiny children's Halloween costume, which you'll see later on, hopefully. Um, it's pretty glorious. Today I was in the, I was at, at the grocery store and I was picking something out, and this woman goes, oh, you should try this. And I was like, oh, maybe I will. Thank you, random stranger. And her daughter, who maybe was six or seven, goes, I really like your hairstyle. And it just made my day. And then she goes, guess what I am? And she was wearing a Halloween costume. I was like, I'm not really sure. And she goes, I'm a, I'm a Dritten. A what? A Dritten. And I looked at her, and I said, oh, yes. A dragon kitten <gasps> and we like bonded oh i basically bonded with the seven-year-old so that like gets i'm going to start every topic or every show out i think with something i've been thinking about or overthinking about and you've been thinking about dragon kittens i have been thinking about that i've also been thinking about how a lot of us have been taught or teach our own kids not to talk to strangers mm. and i don't know that i completely agree with that i think that there's a time and a place for that if you're alone, clearly. Mm. I think that today made me second guess that. She was with her mom. Her mom initiated the conversation. She knew that it was a safe zone. And that moment in time and the banter back and forth with a seven-year-old and their mother was just so organic and mm. completely made our day. I have a lot of feelings about that topic. Um, I myself have two kids. I have an eight and a nine-year-old, and it is a challenge to try to teach them how to be appropriate 
human beings in social settings, but also maintain their safety. So I do try to get them to engage with adults when I am around, but try to make that barrier or um, boundary where if you are by yourself or you're not directly next to me, that's not an appropriate time for you to have a conversation with an adult, especially an unknown adult. Mm. I have that conversation in my classroom also. We had a big conversation about strangers last week. Um, How old are your kids? I teach second grade, so they're all seven or eight. And it's, it's a challenge for them. I could tell that some of their parents hadn't really had conversations with them about that, at least not real ones, um, dealing with real consequences of that. But it's also one of my jobs to teach them social skills. And if an adult or anybody else is talking to you, you are supposed to engage in that conversation. It's a, it's a difficult boundary and line for kids to learn. How long have you been at your school? And what, what, do you, what do you do? I have been at my school for seven years. I am now a second grade teacher in a general ed classroom. And before that, I was a special ed teacher, mostly kids with autism. Mm. I think it's um, obviously I've never been a teacher in the classroom, but I think that that is one of the most important jobs shaping. Um, it's a huge responsibility shaping the future of, of our kids and the world mm-hmm. ultimately and teaching them how to be better humans. And I look back on my childhood and I think about all the teachers that I had, even in, you know, Christian schools and then public school and high school and no one cared. It mm-hmm. seemed like no one cared about the well-being of those kids. The whole child. Yeah, yeah. It's a tragedy. And I don't remember ever feeling like I could connect with any of my teachers or go to them if I had any type of issues. And I feel like a lot of times there's so much stress going on in a kid's home, maybe mm-hmm. in their home life. And they come to school and they're either exhausted or, you know, just maybe need a hug or a friend to talk to. And they maybe don't have that, but they can mm-hmm. find that in someone like you or in a teacher and, you know, making um, those conscious decisions, knowing that you're shaping the future Mm -hmm. I guess what's really interesting is I've in the seven years I've been there I've seen a shift in the culture in classrooms I talk to teachers who have been doing it a lot longer than I have and they talk about how now a lot more of our time is spent on those things that kids used to get at home but now it's our responsibility to teach them things like manners and social skills and we even have an intentional time frame for teaching those have an instructional period for teaching those social skills and trying to let kids know that they can be heard and know they're in a safe place and take care of those emotional needs so that those academic needs can be met every day in my classroom we have 30 minutes ish where we get together in a circle and everybody gets to share how they feel and real stuff comes out of those kids Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard and I can tell that they don't have that opportunity to talk about it in other places so it's good do you have something that really weighed heavy on your mind that you heard at some point in your seven years from a kid who really just where it hit home? Um, lately, it's been really challenging. I have, um, I've been hearing students talking about their parents fighting or their parents have split up. I recently went through a divorce, and so my kids are dealing with those things of having to have two houses and their parents splitting up. So hearing my students talk about that is it it's hard but it's real I mean kids go through those things and they have real feelings and they have real emotions and they deserve to be acknowledged just because they're little doesn't mean it's not real right they just have different ways of probably expressing it and I'm I'm huge on 
I mean, I obviously don't have kids, but play therapy, I've heard really good things about and just finding a way for them and their little minds to cope. They're way Mm -hmm. smarter than Mm -hmm. we give them credit for. Um, But how, I guess that's, that's probably super challenging too, to hear those stories of your, your kids going through that at school. And then, you know, your own kids are kind of going through that Mm -hmm. too. And that probably just breaks your heart, but also knowing that they have the right skills and coping mechanisms um, and maybe not. Maybe you're just figuring that out and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to have those hard conversations with them. But how did how did they take it? Or it's it's an interesting perspective uh, because I have gone through it now. Um, that when they do talk about those things, I just try to reassure them that it does have nothing to do with them, and that that doesn't mean their parents don't care about them, that their parents don't love them, and it has nothing to do with them. Which, you know, I've always kind of thought, but now going through it, I have firsthand experience that it really and truly has nothing to do with it. So I think it's it's an interesting perspective that I can give them saying, I know for sure that this is not you and tell them my own kids are going through it also. And they know how much I love my kids. So, right. yeah, I think divorce can be um, it can be messy. It can be. I've I've witnessed it a lot from my line of work and seeing so many weddings and love yeah. stories, and then so many of those couples, you know, get divorced, and mm-hmm. then it's kind of behind the scenes or not talked about or shamed, or there's so much shame around that topic yeah. um, that these weddings are celebrated and these love stories are celebrated, even on my you know Instagram account, Absolutely. where I've had messages saying from random strangers that they've had to unfollow my account and me because they're so sad about, right? It's constantly in your face that all of these happy couples are getting married or are in love, but we don't talk about or showcase. When that ends. Exactly. (laughs) And it does end a lot of times and they just kind of disappear either from my feed or it's not talked about or we just go Mm -hmm. back to the happy in love couples and so I've tried on my story a lot of times to have real talk surrounding divorce shame in the LGBT community or just divorce shame in general Mm -hmm. or the feelings that come because you've either disappointed yourself or your significant other at the time or your kids or your parents or there's so much um I think guilt surrounding that too yes there is a lot of guilt especially when kids are involved it is it is excruciating to try to deal with because you're dealing with your own heartbreak. Nobody gets married with the intention of divorce, but it does happen and people change. And that's heartbreaking enough for me as a human being dealing with the end of a relationship that I never thought would end, but then seeing how it affects these tiny human beings that I am responsible for is absolutely heart-wrenching. And it's a real big challenge to go through the the grief and the shame that does go along with getting divorced just from my own perspective and it's hard to find the balance of trying to be there for them and deal with all of their changes that they're going through and trying to take care of myself as a person do you feel like you've had to put yourself on the back burner a little bit at times and not maybe deal with the actual divorce and the heartache and and what happened because you have kids yes um it's been, the way things are working now is I have my kids every other week. So when I have them, 
it's it's like go mode. It's everything is about them and all their million different activities that we do. And I see them every day at school, so that's good. But those weeks that I don't have them is when that like deep hurt comes back. And it's, it's hard. It's, it probably feels like, I mean, I obviously I've never been there, but it probably feels like you're missing a limb or two limbs or it it really does. It's my entire life is is gone as I knew it. And I thought I would be, you know, I vision myself when I'm 85 and this is not what I saw. And then it, um, does it make you question decisions? Everything. Everything, right? I, I mean, mean, it, it really makes me question everything about my life, everything about who I am, um, everything about what I thought about human beings. Yeah. It's, it changes everything. Do you think that there is, I mean, obviously you can't go back and change anything, right? And you are where you are. Um, Is there something to be said about, um, you know, rushing in to relationships or marriage or because I think a lot of us um, have crafted this picture in our minds of what we really want and mm-hmm. we can we are very good and I, I speak for myself too and so many love stories that I've seen um we're very good at almost making these people into to fit into this story you know yes and shaping them into this dream that we've created for ourselves yeah it's from my own experience the person that I married was not at all what I thought that I would marry. I mean, before I met her, but I don't know, circumstances of life and things happened. And it was, we had known each other for about two years before we got married. And personally, I thought that was rushed. I had a plan and that was not my plan, but, but I loved her and I went with it and I wouldn't change it because I have these two amazing little creatures that came out of it (laughs) they're the best I'm wearing one of their costumes right now yes um but it's you know I do question things and I think I will stick to my guns a little bit more and stick with who I am in the future I think I made a lot of compromises with myself that I shouldn't have Mm -hmm. and now I know better do you feel like you lost bits of yourself throughout this process or that you've do you feel like you took time to get to know yourself before you got into this marriage? And I think that going off that topic, I know this is not something we were going to talk about, but really, truly finding yourself and being okay being alone before you get into this mm-hmm. marriage, you know? I don't know. I thought I knew who I was before. And I think now going through all of this, I did know who I was better before because Mm -hmm. I'm remembering who I was. I'm talking to people who knew me before that and they're seeing me come back to who I was Mm -hmm. and I liked who I was. I don't necessarily like who I became in the last few years. So it's, I don't know that I bounced around from relationships, but I did, I mean, I was in them and then not in them and. I don't know. It's that's a difficult question. It is. And I think that I think there is something to to be said about meeting someone and growing together and growing with them. I think that's possible. 
Yes. I uh, do. Yes. You just both have to be willing to move together. And accept that that other person could completely change right before your very eyes. You know, you never, it it happens. It happens frequently. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I had gotten into, I mean, my, when I came out when I was 23, 24, all I wanted was to get married and to have kids and to have this dream, you know, Mm -hmm. this love story and this romance. And, you know, I could have basically for me, shaped a lot of people into that mm-hmm. and, and put them in my scene, you yeah. know? Um, you know, 10, 13 years later, I'm 36 now, and I'm like, thank God I did not do mm-hmm. that because I had so much to learn about myself and mm-hmm. so much trauma to tackle um, from my upbringing that I had no idea. I would have probably completely shifted yeah. on someone and maybe they would have grown with me but maybe not there yeah. I was in no space to let anyone in or even to connect with people but yeah. taking some time for ourselves and, and figuring out what's important to us and mm-hmm. what you value in another person and when you find that with someone you just never know you never yeah. know what it's can shift to, yes because people show you what they want to show you and then you know there's no guarantee that that's going to be who they are accurate yeah yeah and that makes dating super scary uh, yeah I can't imagine right now so how old are you 34 34 dating is pretty nightmarish terrifying I I dread it Mm -hmm. the actual word is dread Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine being in the place that you're in when you were married for how long or in the relationship for nine years nine years Mm -hmm. two kids later Mm -hmm. moving states away Mm-hmm. You know, starting this new no life. family here, having to right. do all of it without my people. Right. What does dating even look like after something so <laughs> fresh? I'll and, let you know. I don't know. Right? <laughs> it's, I, I don't even, is it, I, is it something that you feel like you can tackle? Or, I have no soon? idea. I, what I've noticed is, when I do go out and talk to people, I still have not been able to make the, the shift of mindset of looking at people as though it's an option because mm. it has not been an option for so long that I go out and I would talk to people and make friends and that's, that's that. There's no other intention because they're just, it wasn't even on my radar I was taken so making that shift after almost a decade of having it turned off is really weird to me Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to look at people as a potential date and then even connecting with them and it's I've been trying to do better with connecting to people Mm -hmm. because I didn't I always had one foot out the door I never thought I'd stay in Texas it's here we are what (laughs) 10 years I'm coming up on 10 years chief chief Oh, that's me. Tiff. Um, we're about the same, right? Ten, yeah. Well, I see ten you years. moved out here Yeah, a little bit before. I planned to be here maybe three, five years. I planned on six months. Yeah. Nine years <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. It kind of has a way of, I mean, I think we both left a lot behind in California. Yeah. A lot behind our families, yeah. religion, and a lot of things that I knew needed to happen for me to start fresh. I didn't even think it out. Didn't, didn't overthink just for go. once. Yep. I just had to save myself and mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. And luckily I did that. But to be here for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 
it's weird. I, f- I don't put roots down um, often. And um, I've still I've been here 10 years and I don't feel like I have roots down. I don't feel like yeah. I have a home, even though I have a cozy, sweet loft and a dog that I love. Nothing is ever comfortable. Yeah. Right. I, I have felt the same way. I've met some wonderful people that I love dearly here, but it's it's never been home and I've never allowed it to be home because I never planned on being here. Even throughout my marriage, the plan was to move back home, and yeah. I couldn't. Well, and now I'm here. Do you plan? Is that in the in the works? Uh, that is not a possibility currently. Because mm, um, of the arrangement. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm here now, and I'm trying to Navigate invest. Through. I'm trying to invest in Texas now. That's, yeah. that's my new goal, is go out, meet people, talk to them. Well, I'm here. I know. Well, you're, you're stuck with me. You're my people. <laughs> I think that there's, you know, home is, <laughs> I was going to say cheese. Home is, home is where the heart is. <laughs> um, I, I know that you are so close with your family and yes. your siblings are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> even, I know a lot of people on <clears throat> Instagram following me know, know some of this, but I never talk about it uh, willingly on social media. So I think this is a good outlet to talk about you know, home and what that looks like and the things that aren't talked about, like the hard things, like not feeling like you ever truly have a home where you don't feel comfortable even at your own home, you know, and it's, it's so sad. And I know there are a lot of people out there that maybe just feel like they're getting by every day trying to make new traditions for themselves or just everyday life things where they're just trying to get by and make the best of what seems to be home. And I've known you for a long time, and that every time I hear you say the word traditions, you have always been seeking that. That's something I've always known about you. You've been looking for that depth and wanting to find traditions and trying to make traditions with people forever. I mean, for as long as I've known you, that's always been what you've been searching for. Yeah, and I try, it's true. I try to create those any chance I can get to where even if, you know, I go to the, the supermarket with someone. I want that to be the yeah. best time and an experience in and of mm-hmm. itself to where they're going to remember that one time I went to the grocery store with Steph. Mm-hmm. We got in the freezers and we hid from each other and we put on masks and chased each other. Like, mm-hmm. why not? You know, yeah. tomorrow it can be over. I want people to remember those traditions and those memories mm-hmm. where they might not get that with, with anyone else. I might not get that with anyone else. Mm-hmm. I might only have myself at that moment to make me feel joyful, yeah. you know, and to find some type of happiness in a small chore, sure. like going to the grocery, right? But you need to know that it's also okay to just do nothing. Mm, that's a topic for a different day <laughs> because I can't relax. That's my problem. <laughs> um, so this has been really good. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that what I want to end on, I don't even know how long we've been talking, but um, is what keeps you up at night? What is oh. something that is, you know, you wake up in the morning feeling like P. D- I'm just kidding. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and you're like, it's that same thing maybe on your mind that's stressing you out. But there is, when you lay down in your bed and those slideshows play, 
What haunts you? <laughs> it has been the same thing haunting me for a year and two weeks now. Wow. Very specific, isn't yeah. it? Um, how, how real are we getting here? We're getting real. We're, we're ending and this. And it is the image day. of my ex-wife with someone else. Yeah. And it is that image that has haunted me for, yep, a year and two weeks. That, um, do you think that'll ever go away? Eventually. I think it will. But it's, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's what I fall asleep, wake up, wake up in the middle of the night, can't go back to sleep. It's, it's torture. But I know it's only myself doing it because I'm the only one thinking about it. And so I need to let it go. And if uh, anyone has any tips on how to do that, let me know. I wonder, I mean, I can't. For a chronic overthinker, that would be something that I think just you almost have to sit in and feel it and torture yourself for a while. But to what end, right? Yeah. When will it stop? When does it end? And and it's not like you can, um, if we are getting real, you know, like it's not like you can not see this person. Yeah. You know, you've got kids. You've yeah, got. I don't um, have that luxury. I think this is the first time in any relationship I wish I could not see them anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm best friends with all, most all of my exes. Right. They're all my people. Yep. And this time I wish I couldn't, but I have to. Um, that was supposed to be the end, but I'm going to, maybe we'll cut this out, but I'm going <laughs> to end it on this. If you could say one thing to this person knowing that she might hear this and knows that this is torture and it is rough. Um, what would you, what would you hope for that person to know? I think I've said everything and I have not been heard. I have not felt heard. I should say, um, before we, before the, our incident even occurred. I didn't feel heard and I haven't felt heard since then. So I don't know that saying anything is going to do anything. I talk a lot because that's how I process things and I have never felt heard. Do you think that knowing that it could help someone else, knowing that, um, what your, what your thought is, like, are you angry right now? At her or at what? this exact moment? At or? this in 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 the last few weeks, I guess. Or I have been filled with an anger and a rage for the last year that I didn't know I had in me. But it's interesting because that's not the person I am. I'm not an angry person, but I also saw myself for the years leading up to that with this anger. And uh, I think if you're out there and you're listening and you have felt yourself getting angry more and more in life maybe do a little more reflection on what's really going on what do you feel like you need right in this moment from the universe or from a friend if you could create a perfect person or even a, a perfect situation where you're like I really just need this what would it be I need somebody who I can just talk to all the time. Like it's hard to not have someone to call 
about everything. Like when I'm feeling super sad, when I'm crying on the bathroom floor, or whether I'm super happy, I have different people I can call for all of those things, but I have a really hard time picking one because I don't want people to, I don't want to burden people. Totally. So I, I do miss that having one person. And unfortunately, I still feel like she is that person. So when I am mad, that's who I vent to. Mm-hmm. And then it just makes things even worse. I get that. The reason I ask that too is, um, I've, I've recently had a situation like personally where I needed, I need, I knew what I needed in that moment. And I, I knew the reaction I needed from someone and Mm -hmm. it was really just for them to be sensitive and say, are you okay, Steph? I cannot imagine the layers that go into that Mm -hmm. and to find, finding that out to hearing from that person. I wish I could hug you right now. Cause half the times the people that I reach out to or not anywhere to where they can come over and hug me. Yeah. And so when I don't get that from someone, it's almost crushing because I rarely yeah. open up to anyone. So if I do, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And if it is, um, almost rejected or not, if, uh, but that's you also get exactly what you need. And it's hard. It's hard because you're Very like, it, it, it's like when you tell your significant other to wash the dishes or do the like, and then they do it and you're like, well, you're only doing that because like you want someone to almost know you well enough mm-hmm. to give you what you want. But then if you don't let anyone in and tell them what you want, there's this constant tug of war, which yeah. is welcome to my life and my brain mm-hmm. with overthinking. Right? Absolutely. I think that we have covered a lot and I'm so happy that you're here with me and this was completely random. You were coming yeah. over here to go to block party Halloween thing and Ooh. I was like, can we test the mics? And here we are having our first podcast. I hope it recorded. If it didn't, I'm going <laughs> to kick myself in the shin thrice. It's been glorious. It's been glorious. glorious. I love you so much. I, I hope you, you know that. And this is, it's been th- that reminder that I love you. And that you are someone that um, I want in my life as a constant. And I hope you know that too. Even though we are 45 minutes away. Oh my gosh. And not so on my couch. You're not <laughs> on my couch. But I love you, Jeef. Yeah. And um, thank you for joining me on Overthinking with Steph. No idea what the outro is, <laughs> but. That was Overthinking with <laughs> Steph. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for overthinking with Steph. Can't wait to hear from you on the social. So make your way over to at Steph's podcast on Twitter and tell me your thoughts. Catch the breakdown on Patreon where we get into the nitty gritty and overthink the conversations in this episode. Until next time, keep creating scenarios that will never actually happen and live your one damn life. Don't you hate it when you wake up first thing in the morning? Mind is stirring. It's a